The cool, oscillating breeze of the miniature desk fan crossed Veronica's face as she reclined in her black leather executive chair, her eyes transfixed on the drop panel ceiling above. The polished wooden desk in front of her gleamed in the light filtered through the large floor-to-ceiling windows that lined the expansive office. The work surface on which her feet now reclined was sparsely decorated with the usual office products, a mahogany office set complete with monogrammed pens and stationery, a brushed nickel desk lamp with a frosted glass shade, and a brand new computer yet to be used. At the forefront of the desk, directly facing a set of twin wingback chairs, was a large nameplate that declared Veronica Logan CFO in bold letters, reminding everyone entering the office that they were greeting a woman with tremendous power and financial authority. Except they weren't. It was this troubling fact that engaged Veronica in the long-term staring contest with a particularly interesting spot on the ceiling tile directly above her, an endeavor that was quickly approaching half an hour in length. A brief, rapid knock on her office door snapped Veronica's attention back to reality, and she quickly slid her feet from the desk to the floor, righted herself, and wiped the small beads of sweat from her forehead. Yes, come in. Dean, her thin and well-dressed assistant, entered the office with an impatient sigh, rotating through the doorway and closing it with a snap. These, he said, dropping a large stack of manila folders in front of her with a dull thud, are the last two quarters of balance sheets forwarded from the accounting department. You'll need these for the CC30 meeting tomorrow. And those, he pointed to a separate stack she hadn't noticed, are the last fiscal year's W90s, Form 20Ds, and closing share sheet. Dean's voice faded from Veronica's mind as she slumped in her chair, her wide, facile smile slowly replaced with a vacant expression of utter confusion that had become her trademark. Miss Logan? Reality again. Sorry, Dean. I'll look them over. Thank you. Eyeing her with suspicion and a little bit of pity, Dean exited the office, leaving Veronica Logan, CFO, drowning in a landslide of paperwork. As soon as the door clicked shut, Veronica let out a long, slow sigh and allowed her forehead to fall onto the polished desk with a muffled thump. Raising her head slightly, she eyed the stacks of papers piled about the office. Everywhere she looked, something needed her attention. Whether it was reading sheet after sheet of complex statistics, listening to reports from her staff, or making vain attempts to respond to the plethora of emails that poured into her inbox at a rate of ten per minute, Veronica felt as though she was adrift, lost in a foreign land full of quizzical expressions and obvious doubt. Just outside the thick double doors of the CFO's office, Dean was chatting with two pantsuit-clad office assistants carrying similar stacks of manila folders. And she's completely lost. I've seen middle schoolers with better instincts. I don't know why she's still here, Dean was saying. The shorter of the two assistants tittered with voracious laughter. She thinks nobody knows how she got hired. Did you see all the crap on her wall? Oh, and the bio on the website? All those financial holdings? Ha! She's a crock. She'll be gone in six months. The other assistant chimed in. The worst part, though, she sighed and shifted the folders in her arms, is that she makes this company look ridiculous. Did you see her in the shareholder summit yesterday? Nobody took her seriously. I counted more rolling eyes than an interview with Anderson Cooper. There were several people having animated conversations during the actual speech. 
The shorter assistant erupted into peals of laughter as Dean's phone chimed with a brief, bell-like tone. He fished it out of his pocket and turned away to read the confidential message. Replacing the slim device in his breast pocket, Dean turned to face the ladies again. Well, we're about to see the worst meeting yet. You know what today is, right? The folder-laden gossipers glanced at each other in confusion and then cast quizzical looks back at him. Dean ran his fingers through his hair. Today, my dears, is the welcoming party for the new CFO. The shorter assistant scoffed. That's it? Who the hell cares? I'd rather read the user manual for my car than go to that dingbat's welcome whatever. The two turned and made to walk away, but Dean spoke again. Oh, I forgot to add. She's expected to participate in a Q&A session with the employees after she's introduced. A live, broadcasted, intelligible Q&A where any employee and manager can ask a question. As laughter filled the executive lobby, the double doors to the CEO's office were thrown wide open just behind them. The two assistants turned red and darted toward the elevator as Dean hurriedly turned toward the wall, suddenly enamored with the screen of his Blackberry. The raspy and slightly affected voice of Dean Maxwell, CEO, crept toward Dean with a sudden forcefulness. Uh, Mr. Sharp, preparing Mrs. Logan for her big afternoon, are you? Uh, yes, sir. She's just reviewing some policies, and I'm booking a few public events so the press can get to know her. As Dean spoke, he raised and waved his smartphone in the air, as though he was putting the finishing touches on an important email. Gotta wrap it up, sir. Is there anything you needed? Mr. Maxwell motioned toward Dean, indicating that he should come closer before he continued to speak. Dean obliged, and the CEO continued. This better go smoothly, Mr. Sharp. He jabbed his finger into Dean's chest with each word, as if to punctuate the gravity of his words. I won't have my execs made mockery of, and I'm going to hold you responsible if she looks like an idiot up there. Make sure she's well prepared and... He grabbed a small scrap of paper from his pocket. Make sure she covers these points. The now red-faced CEO tucked the paper into Dean's breast pocket and turned sharply away, walking toward his office and slamming the doors behind him. Just as the CEO's doors closed, Veronica Logan peeked out from her office like a meerkat peering upward from a hole in the ground. You busy? No, ma'am. Just about to go over some talking points with you if you have time. She glanced from side to side. Oh, the speech thingy, sure. Can you come in and translate some of these ridiculous worksheets for me? I think I want to get rid of an entire sector of the company, and it'll save us millions. If we just privatize most of the outsourced sectors... Her annoying voice faded into the recesses of her office, and Dean followed her reluctantly, making a mental note to send out a few resumes later in the week. Downstairs, the massive public reception hall was filling with people, cameramen, new college graduates ready to intern at their first mega-company, food workers, contractors, stockholders, and a plethora of employees that had received emails marked mandatory. As the hours passed and the auditorium filled to maximum capacity, Veronica stepped into the wood-paneled changing room adjoining her office. Donning a royal blue pantsuit and a pair of nude heels, she stared into the mirror and allowed a little smile to creep to her face. I can do this, she thought. Veronica exited the changing room and then the paper-strewn office, clicking the lights off behind her. In the lobby, she smiled at a solitary assistant who was pouring coffee into a styrofoam cup. 
Haphazardly returning the smile, the assistant watched as the CFO pressed the button for the elevator and entered as the doors opened, tripping slightly over the uneven gap. The elevator ride and short walk to the auditorium was uneventful, but Veronica felt the pressure start to weigh on her shoulders as the noise of muffled voices escaping the large room grew louder and louder. Passing through a dark hallway toward the door marked Stage Left, Veronica spotted Dean shuffling his feet and staring intently at the blue velvet stage curtain. He spotted Veronica and hurried over. They're ready for you now. As soon as the light flashes red up there, you head out onto the stage and Maxwell will give your intro. Then it's all you. Veronica nodded and gulped. After what seemed like an eternity, the duo were suddenly bathed in a glowing red light. Dean opened the stage door just as Dan Maxwell's raspy voice concluded his speech with, And here she is for a brief Q&A, the new CFO, Veronica Logan. A smattering of applause washed through the auditorium as the new CFO took the stage. The CEO stepped aside as Veronica stood behind the podium, gripping the top with both hands. She cleared her throat and began. Yes, hello. I'm proud to help lead this new company. Er, no, I'm proud to be the new leader, uh, CFO, of this great company. Just off stage, Dean's face fell into his hands with a barely audible groan as the auditorium filled with a mixture of quiet laughter and silent disbelief. So now, let's get to your questions. I'll be taking several. I believe those that have questions already have microphones, so if you could stand. Roughly ten people got to their feet, and Veronica pointed at the closest one with a strained smile. Yes, you, the man with a gray jacket. Hi, Don Ricketts from Accounting... I read your biography on our corporate site as well as the email that was sent out after you started. I was surprised to see that you had no experience with finance or executive leadership at all. How do you plan on leading this company when you have no background to pull from? Mouth agape, Veronica scratched her cheek. Uh, good question, Don. I plan on using my department to help lead the, well, the department in financial affairs. Don Ricketts stared at the new CFO and racked his brain for a response. Finding none, he reseated himself and Veronica pointed at the next standing individual. Yes, you in the red blouse. Hi, Mrs. Logan. Leslie Joyner from Billing and Sales here. I don't know how else to put this, but do you actually have a plan for the company's financial future, or is that still developing? Um, yes, I have a great plan. Veronica shuffled her papers on the podium, looking for her notes on financial planning. Finding nothing, she jerked her head upward and stared at the audience. Well, the notes are a bit out of order, but the point is, yes, I have a great plan for financial success. I'm going to cut certain departments and lean heavily toward privatizing many of our public operations. Again, Veronica's response was met with eerie silence and glaring disbelief. Question after question fired toward her, and Veronica stammered the same generic responses to the audience as the dumbfounded expression of the listeners grew more and more obvious. Several employees, especially those that had been with the company longest, had simply walked out of the room, letting the doors slam behind them. After roughly thirty minutes of interrogation, Veronica cleared her throat, sipped some water, and prepared to exit the stage as the CEO got to his feet behind her. Well, I'd like to thank you all for your questions, and I look forward to being your new CFO. Have a good day, and enjoy the reception. As an announcer walked toward the microphone, Veronica walked toward the exit. 
Dan Maxwell following her closely. Dean, who had been just off stage, spotted them and waved his hand uncertainly. Safely behind the curtains, Veronica ran her fingers through her hair and let out a long, slow sigh as the CEO clapped her on the back. Nice job out there, Veer. Why don't you go get some food and get to know the employees? Face matching much of her previous audience, Veronica gaped at the CEO as she eased toward the door. Um, thanks, Dan, I will. The exit door clicked open and she slipped through it, leaving Dean alone with the CEO, who was now peering at him through narrowed eyes. Preempting the obvious question, Dean cleared his throat. I did my best, sir. With a slight smile and his signature style, Dan Maxwell, CEO, stared into Dean's eyes and spoke the phrase that hundreds of prior employees dreaded hearing. You're fired. Hey guys, Jeremy Schott here, and once again, I hope that you enjoyed the latest installment of Line of Sight, the only podcast that tells you the stories from behind the headlines. So if you haven't already guessed, this week's podcast is about Donald Trump's brand new education secretary pick, Betsy DeVos, and she's very interesting across party lines for one reason. You know what it is? She has absolutely no experience... <laughs> with education. And I laugh because it's just crazy. But the best way I've heard it put and kind of the basis for this podcast, it's like if you went to a job interview and you had applied to be an executive chef and you met the interviewer and he looked at you and said, hey, it's great to meet you. Insert name here. So let's have a seat and talk. And you sit down and he asks you, so what are your qualifications to be an executive chef? And you look at him and you say, well, I love to cook, but I've never actually been in a kitchen and I've worked as a janitor for the past 10 years. Now, I'm not saying that Betsy DeVos has been a janitor. She's had an accomplished career and she's built up an investment portfolio and she's been a great contributor to many Republican campaigns. And she does have some involvement with politics, but she surprises a lot of people in that she has no experience managing billion dollar student loan programs or any real student grant programs or really anything to do with education, which is, <laughs> you think, would be, I guess, a prerequisite for the job. But regardless, it's a little bit frightening. And some of Donald Trump's picks do make sense, like General Mad Dog Mattis. He makes sense. He's had a lifetime career in the military, in the Marines, as a general. He's very qualified to be the Secretary of Defense. And as somebody who served in the military, he's a lot of fun to watch because he's the stereotypical salty general, and he kind of does a great job. But all that aside, I hope you enjoyed the podcast, and I hope you do some research on some of Donald Trump's cabinet picks, and not just the ones that have gotten all of the attention in the media, but some of the ones that you don't hear much about because there are some stories there that do bear a little research and a little bit of insight. Now, having said that, it is a podcast and it wouldn't be one if I didn't get to the end and ask you to subscribe. So if you are an Apple user like me, simply open the podcast app and click subscribe 
on the top right-hand corner, just to the right of my face. And if you're feeling especially generous, scroll over, not once, but twice, and you'll see a little review button. Leave us a review, whether it's positive or it's negative. It's important that you leave one because one, it helps people find us, and two, we value feedback because the podcast is for you. So do your podcasting Samaritan duty and let us know what we can do to make it better. And if you have any ideas for a future podcast, email us at lineofsight at jeremyshot.com. Have a great week, everybody. <laughs>